guys, welcome to the. I'm the black Muslim girl. Assalamu alaikum, everybody. Wa alaikum salam. How's everybody doing? Good, not too bad, alhamdulillah. It's Monday again. What's up? What's new? What's our Monday afternoon affirmations? How are we feeling? Are we feeling diggy? Are we feeling diggy? Do you know what? It's been an all right week. I think I think the weather's helped. It started. You... Am I? Oh, you guys can't see me. Sorry. No, we can't. <laughs> Why did none of you say you couldn't see me? I wasn't even paying attention to that, actually. Oh, okay. Thanks a lot. I thought you chose not to show yourself. No, 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 no. I oh god, you know when you like see yourself, you're like, wow, this is this is what I look like today. This is mm. what I look like. Me and Amina have like matching hairstyles. Oh yeah, kind of. Except Amina's hair is a bit like silkier, <laughs> and mine's just. I like... mean, it's quite dry and damaged right now. I just washed it and it's tangled, so. Mine's <laughs> dry. Touching that for a minute. Have you guys felt? I don't know. For me, I felt my hair has grown so much during lockdown. Okay, so my hair's grown in length, but I've been shedding hair a lot. Okay, yes, yes. I've been mine's grown so in like fullness. But it's shedding. Yeah. Mine's so breaking like, a lot. I don't know if it's normal or if it's something to be concerned about. Because it's literally like, whoa, you know? Are you, are you stressed? No. This Not is beyond so the normal. Cut you guys off. I'm actually listening to you guys taking pictures. <laughs> I know, we can see you. You're taking pictures. We can You're not see you. I'm just letting you do your editorial yeah. thing, innit? I was just like, okay, allow it. If she wants to. You're just there like... Yeah, I'm literally... I'm literally... It's so funny. Um, But yeah, go on. Oh, mate, that was hilarious. I could just hear you um, guys speaking in the about this. <laughs> As if we're not recording a full-blown podcast. Sorry, I was just talking about her. You know? babe. She's doing, she's doing up photos in her room while recording. That, the just, be, just because we're hijabis doesn't mean we have to be left out of the hair conversation. You know, we've got hair under them exactly. hijabs, so you know, let's talk about it. Yeah, I feel like my hair's really shedding. I don't know what it is because my hair feels very thin, like very, very, very thin. I feel like I'll just do this when I'm in the shower, and it's like just chunks coming out, and I'm like, what the hell is this? But it's mm. growing in length, so I don't know what it is. Yeah, I think definitely, obviously, like not wearing your hijab like every day definitely helps. When you guys wear your hijab, do you wear like a silk, silk bonnet underneath? No, I See, don't. I which is quite that, bad. But it just slides off my head. Like my hijab <laughs> slides off my head anyway, so it's like that, I have to, used to happen. Hold it. I will show you the silk bonnet. Well, it's not a silk. Okay. Bonnet, it's an actual like little piece of triangle scarf that I tie around, and it Where'd really helps it? with keeping. I got it from, you know what? I think it's a mini do-rag now that I'm thinking about it. Oh, yeah. do you know what? That's a good idea, actually. Maybe I should look into a do-rag instead. Yeah, a do-rag. That's a good, yeah. that's a good point. Because it's still similar material. Mm. Yeah, now that I think a mini do-rag. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm going to try that. It wasn't exactly. Because I use, I use like silk pillows when I, when I go to sleep and stuff, because that's been really good for my hair. Yeah, yeah that's really good. Like, I have a silk bonnet that I put on my hair on my head when I sleep, which is good. I need to get a new bonnet. My one left in London. <laughs> what, so you left it six months ago? Fam, I haven't seen it since March. It's not been six months. Probably been eaten up by my siblings or Four something. Months. Oh my God. 
So did you guys see that tweet about um I find I find this tweet really funny. What is it? It says um some girl I went to school with got a second nikah. She captioned her story round two, let's get lit. Let's get it, sorry. Let's ding, get ding, it. Ding. <laughs> let's get ready to rumble. Why why that tweet is interesting is because of like the perspective that as always, Muslim mm. men have <laughs> to... <laughs> Sorry, because I just realised that. Oh, gosh. It's always them. <laughs> Grow up! Always. <laughs> um, but the... Well, let me say some Muslim men, before they come to me, um, <laughs> the perspective that they have to Muslim women that have been divorced and all of that kind of stuff is kind of seen like... They're very degraded and it's kind of seen like this taboo sort of thing where it's like oh my gosh she's divorced and it's so weird because you know with muslim men right they bang on about the sunnah having four wives <laughs> is sunnah, doing this this and that is sunnah but marrying a divorcee is also sunnah i find, so... it, I find it very weird because there's so many muslim men that literally walk in and out of marriages yeah but yeah Season when it comes to the men, it's never really this. Oh my gosh, it's the flair, brother! It's the flair. <laughs> or but, you know, you you know, you're less valuable, or this, this, and that. But with women, they see us as like damaged goods. The mosque the next day, wants to get married, and all of a sudden, Literally. all of these sisters are flying from sky. But the moment it's a sister, it's like, why are you divorced? How how did you behave towards your ex husband? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? Why did you do that? So you know what? I'm all for that sister that round two because if you need a round two, then you need a round two. She's enjoying, you know. I feel like Muslim women, I feel like Muslim women when they if they choose to remarry again, it's like they always get questions like, oh, how how come you've moved on so quickly? Or, you know, be humble. You don't you know, don't don't have as high standards as when you um started off. They they kind of pit women that have been remarried against women that have never been married before. Like there seems to be this back and forth. And it's like, you don't get that with men. And men always questioning women, like, oh, why did you get divorced? How are you treating your husband? Most times, more often than not, we should be asking the men that. Yeah. Because, you know, there's always red flags popping up and down. Ding, 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 ding. If anything, it's the men we should be asking that. Um, And I've I've noticed, like, men get away with so much. Like, the standards are so, like, low. Even though Islamically, you know, there's, there's no... They're, they're equal, both divorced men and women. They're equal in the eyes of Allah. Like, there's no difference on who gets remarried, remarried first, you know? I watched an episode of Oprah years ago, and um, they were talking about, like, I can't remember what they were talking I think it was, like, marriage in different countries or whatever, but apparently in Mauritania, which is predominantly Muslim, um, divorced women are seen as, like, the most desirable. And so, like, in that particular culture, like, it does, it's not a taboo if women are divorced. And also, I come from a culture as well where divorce isn't actually that taboo or stigmatised. Like, you're not, like, seen as... Yeah, you're same not, with Somalis, it not, it's not that deep. Why do I see people on Twitter? Talk? No. Most Somali women, they divorce oh, up okay. and down. They're tired of the man. Twitter they're, was telling they're me... They're not being treated properly. They yeah. bounce. I think what it is, what I've realised, well, I don't want to tell you about your own culture, but looking from the outside in, I think what I've realised is Somali women don't have a problem mm. with leaving a toxic marriage. 
However, mm-hmm. men in your community have a problem. Are the ones that have a problem with it. That's why when we come on Twitter, it, they make it seem like it yeah. probably is a taboo in Somali community. I grew up around a lot of Somalis. What are you at? Yeah. Skowaran. Yeah. My goodness. But listen, and I know so many Somali women that have left their marriages. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's, but then it goes back to just, it, ugh, men are just, this is, a, this is. Now, I'll tell you one thing about Somali women. Like, we're very, we're very hard headed in the sense that if you're not giving us all we want, mm. we're, we're out, we're, we bounce. Yeah. I'm not saying like it's the same for every family because it's still an issue. But in comparison to other cultures, there isn't that thing where if you yeah. leave, like, that's it, you're dead. Like you're finished, mm-hmm. you know. It's more like some people yeah, will talk, but it's not going to stop the woman. It's the same with house culture as well. Like you have women, and the thing is, it's like from every generation. Because I, I, like, I think my great grandma was divorced, but then there's also people of like our age that are getting divorced, and it's not, it's not seen as like such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I do wonder though if there's a conversation to be had though as to like why there are like so many marriages ending in divorce and like what's going because I yes there are some people that are in toxic marriages but then I also wonder like are people having the necessary conversations before they get married and then certain things are coming to light and it's like boom yeah that's interesting you brought that up actually because um have you seen the show on Netflix called Indian Matchmaking I want to watch it I haven't watched it yet I just finished it last night and it was so interesting. Like, there's this one woman who's like pushing for his her Why did you her say son to like get like married. That? Like, she's giving him like uni deadlines. Why like, did you by say the end of the month, you should Why have conversations like with that? this Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to hold it because you're not making me laugh. I was like, I'm your life. Oh, you know what? It's interesting that you say that, Asha, because. I was trying to compare it to like the Yoruba culture with us. Divorce isn't really seen mm. as a taboo, but it's a really big thing. Obviously, if you want to leave, you can leave, but it's seen as a very like, oh my gosh, sort of like you should stay. I'm not enduring enjoy it. This is marriage sort of vibe. But then I, I, we out. the difference is most Yoruba women that do leave marriages because they are in toxic relationships i don't i think with somali culture it, it varies it depends on families because technically like so with my family the conversations have popped up here and there but it's never like that deep because i've made my stance very clear so they kind of just left me to it but then like i know other people within my families that there is like it's not hard head on like pressure like oh if you don't get married da, 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 da. but it's more like oh so and so got married so what about you have you found anyone da, da. like it's just the little subtle conversations but then there's also like with other Somalis where it's like oh you know you're getting married to this person from this tribe from this sub clan from this you know by now so it kind of varies but I would say like from just like from my immediate family and what I can see there really isn't like that much pressure. Like I don't remember, I don't feel a lot of pressure from my family to get married right now. Like I know it's something that they want, but I don't feel any type of way. Like at the end of the day, if I bring someone home, I bring someone home and that's about it. So I don't know, it varies in my culture. 
Yeah, the thing that really bugs me <laughs> in our culture is like when like you'll be like someone will ask after an aunt or something and they'll be like, oh, how are they? Are they married? And then like you'll say no and they'll be like, oh no. And it's just like, it, it, why? Why is it sad? Because if my if they're happy. Yeah. Who said it was a tragedy? And it's like when it's men that are not married like by a certain age, then it's like, oh yeah, don't worry, you'll find your one. But when it's women that are not married by married by a certain age, it's like, oh, you know, what's wrong? What's happened? Are you struggling to find someone? And it's like the fun it's weird. It's like fifty fifty with it in regards to when it comes, like, like you said, you know, when it comes to men, a man could be like thirty years old, and him not being married is not a single problem. Like, it's it's normal, you know. He's thirty, living his best life, not married. A woman, a, a woman that's thirty and not married is like, oh my gosh, like you're thirty years old, and then everyone likes to bring on the whole, um, your bloody body, clock. yeah, your body clock's ticking and all of this kind of stuff and yada, 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 yada. I, now, for me, I don't know. I don't agree. I don't I don't disagree. Obviously, from an Islamic perspective, the sunnah is, like, you know, do it young and if you can't, fast and whatever. But, you know, you need to get your kids out there. Alhamdulillah, I, 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 I accept that. But then it's just like, it's confusing. The bloody clock thing is real, is is true. Like, you know, a, a, a woman having a child at 25 is completely different to a woman having a child at 45. But... It's considered a geriatric pregnancy from 35. Oh, wow. Like, from 35 is when when you're, like, at risk. Oh, wow. Okay, but here, I have I have a viewpoint on, on things like that. So, in terms of, like, marriage and Islamic view of, of marriage, I personally, like, just from what I can understand of the deed, I see marriage um, mm. for the sake of companionship under the whole framework of doing it for Allah. Like, ultimately, marriage comes down to companionship because you can marry for all these other reasons that are valid within the religion. A travel but partner, ultimately, you are your looking best for a friend. companion, a spouse. And then that's in short. When it comes to, like, the body clock and having children and whatnot, I just feel like, with stuff like that, it's valid, I get it. And it's something that women do need to keep in mind. But at the same time, it's like, mm. you could plan like that and say, oh yeah, I'm gonna get mm. married at 24, have kids at 27 and start raising them. But then that might not be what Allah has written for you. Yeah. Because when it comes to children, it literally, it is a miracle to be able to give, bring another, yeah. you know, life into this world. <laughs> and I think people underestimate how difficult it is to actually have kids. So I feel like, because initially I used to think like that. I used to think, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to take my time, live my life. But, you know, I need to know that I know that, you know, after a certain age, having kids is going to be hard. And if I want to have kids, I have to plan this and that and that. But I kind of just took a step back from that because I just feel like when it comes to things like kids, especially for us lot who are black women, we have to be even more cautious and we have to take into account how much more riskier it is for us when it comes to pregnancy and childbirth. So I feel like we kind of need to have a balance between the two. like. Keep the age thing in mind, but also understand that, you know, there's only so much planning you can do when it comes to children. 100%. I feel like in terms of intention and um, strategy, of course, keep that in mind. You know, I feel like when you're choosing your spouse, 
it's a mixture of love, but also, you know, you need to think of your head as well. Like that partner could make or break your legacy. Ooh, you're giving me Queen and Slim vibes. Is that what it's called, Queen and Slim? Or Slim and Queen? What do you mean? I'm not telling you to run away and do the most. She goes, can I, can I be your legacy? Oh, Lord. <laughs> no, I just feel like for me, it's like, I am a hopeless romantic, but I also have to understand that as a woman who's like very confident of herself and has built a lot for herself, I know that by the time I get to that stage in my life, I have a lot to lose. So I can't end up with someone that's just going to embarrass me. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I can't end up with someone that's going to ruin that for me because your partner can make or break a marriage, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of people underestimate how important it is to be intentional with the type of love that you deserve. I feel like a lot of people just jump into it because they just, they, they, they want to feel needed or, you know, they feel like they're not complete without being in a relationship and for us not without being married. So I just, I just feel like go with the flow and live your life, but be intentional. I saw this tweet today. It's really weird that we're actually talking about this because I saw this tweet that someone said and it was my cousin got married in her mid-twenties, waited until she was in her thirties to have kids when both her and her husband were making mid-six figures and they enjoyed their life before kids and were comfortable before kids. I promise you that is the blueprint. That is the model. Anyway, I, I don't know if you guys read the responses yeah, underneath. But this is my thing when it comes to relationships, families, whatever. What works for you will, might not work for someone else. Every single relationship, every single family, every single relationship structure, it is unique. So while this worked mm -hmm. for her cousin and it was fantastic, it might not work for her. She's busy idolizing it and saying it's the blueprint, it's the model, but she might meet somebody and, you know, her, the plan does not go to, go to um, plan. But you can't, I just think people, people act like they can control these things and they're, re they're really, really beyond our control. Like we really have no control over any of this yeah i think it's something like when you look at it I, you know when, when i read that i was like oh right that's a good plan you know the only thing you control is the standards that you have for that for the person that you want in your life that's the one thing i, exactly. I know i can control i'm in control exactly. of choosing a partner that's good for me what i'm not in control of is what life will throw at us when we're in a relationship i can't control when we have kids I can't control. There's certain things that you can put in place to put you in better positions, but at the end of the 100%. day, ultimately, it's within, it's it's with Allah. Like at the end of the day, you plan and Allah plans too. You know, so I feel like with stuff like relationships, I I don't like to be too rigid outside of me setting my own standards. Yeah. And whatever fits around that, then yeah, cool. We can adapt to that. My my view so, on marriage is that it's a risk and, and I feel like marriage is you you're you're walking into the unknown yes, yes. and that's why none of these tweets and none of these stories and none of these nothings do anything for me because everyone married different and I've always said there is no manual to mm. marriage you know you can't go pick up a book and how, how do I have the perfect marriage because your marriage is tailored to you and your partner even with Amina saying like I the only thing I can control is the standards that I choose for myself and all of that kind of stuff yeah but sometimes you get people that even they they they've picked they've 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 um chosen standards um they've come across this guy that treats them amazing they get into the marriage and all of a sudden it's something completely different like marriage is you yeah it's risky it's risky man 
the that's why I just can pray <laughs> and that's why the so important and another thing that you mentioned that I think is very very important when it comes to marriage is intention like I've, I've, I've always said it I think intention matters with everything that you're doing you know it's such a big thing in Islam <laughs> no surprise yeah it's, it's, it's such an important thing especially when it comes to marriage and I feel like we live in a generation now where we see so many people so many young people most especially getting married and don't get me wrong I'm not bashing any of them alhamdulillah mashallah is good and it is a sunnah to get married young to save yourself from zana but the question is what is your intention behind getting married because there's a lot of people that are literally getting married to save themselves from zina that is not getting married it's a bit you know it's a bit I mean, it's technically, if you look at Islamically, it is a somewhat valid reason. I just think the approach around that is a bit shaky, given the climate that we're no, in. No, it's not a valid reason. But Islamically, it is It is like, if someone said, I, I want to avoid zina and I found someone to marry, Islamically, that's not forbidden. If we're, if we're talking technically. What I'm saying is a lot of people are getting married just to have sex. Yeah, oh, I 100% agree with you on that. 100% agree with you on that. You cannot base your marriage around the fact that you want to put the pen yeah. in the shop. <laughs> that is my point. And yes, it's an intention, but we need to understand that there's good intention and there's bad intention. So just because it's an intention doesn't necessarily mean it's a good intention. If you're getting married just to put the sharpener in the pencil, yeah. you need to reevaluate whole process of what you're doing do you know what i mean and firstly you're meant to do everything stems from doing it for the sake of allah first so how have we skipped all of that and we've just jumped to what i'm trying to get to do in the bed like i think what you're pointing out is valid i 100 agree with you it's a big problem um but what I feel like that is probably stemming from some of the conversations that happen in the Muslim community outside of marriage when it comes to things. I think we've discussed this already, like how we view sex education, how we view relationships and how people conflate, you know, um, sex with zina, mm -hmm. And that's all they're associated with. I also think there's something to be said with the fact that everyone loves to be putting stuff on Instagram. And everyone wants to be saying couple goals this, couple goals that, you know, look at me, look at me and my husband, and then they'll put emoji on his yeah. face. You know, I think I think if we're being on it sounds really shallow. <laughs> Next minute, boom. Hey guys, it sounds really shallow and it sounds like, oh, why why would people actually want to do it? But I genuinely believe there are people out there that want to be able to parade it and show, like, you know, look at me, I am married. And you know, because I do think mm -hmm. our society, our cultures put married people at a of like a bit of a higher status a higher pe pedestal even the law does look how many law benefits you benefits you get as a married couple according to the law yeah which is completely like fine but i think that's i think we've warped we've had we've got this warped idea that it's like okay it's it's better to be married and be in a uh in, in just better to be in a marriage than to be single but your marriage could be completely rubbish you know so I think there's there's a lot of different factors that lead into this. I feel like, like I said, when it comes to marriage, I feel like ultimately, even if you look at it from an Islamic point of view, it comes down to companionship. 
regardless of what your reasoning is, it comes down to companionship. Because when Hawa was created for Adam, it was for what? Companionship. Yeah. So it stems from that. And I feel like that aspect has been taken away from the conversations that we have in the Muslim community in general, mm -hmm. regardless of culture. I feel like that aspect has been taken away. And so a lot of the barakah that comes behind meeting a spouse that's good for you and then, you know, going through the nikah and getting married, all that stuff. Like, I feel like that part, that aspect of companionship has been taken away, which is why you get so many people rushing into a marriage because mm -hmm. they're trying to fulfill all these other statuses and tick boxes that are being placed on them by other people and society as a whole. And it's just taken away from like the blessings that, you know, the Prophet Muhammad would talk about when it comes mm -hmm. to marriage and family and companionship. And I feel like, I think that's what we're slacking in today's age. I feel like there are people that are getting married for good reasons, but I feel like that element of, you know, it's a spouse that you're building a life together, that you're starting a new chapter with together. You know, that pure intention has kind of been watered down. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that pe everyone is getting married for Instagram. Let me make that clear. <laughs> Let me make that very clear before anyone comes for me. I'm not saying that everyone gets married for Instagram. I'm just saying that I think our attitudes have changed a little bit in the, in the light of social media. I don't need anyone to come for me and call me some names. But anyways. I've got a question for you guys. Imagine if, if our parents grew up in a very multicultural society like we have do you think they would stick with their own groups of people or do you think they would branch out i think naturally you always you're always more drawn to your own people i think because we, we mm. we're, we're we're a multicultural yeah. we're a multicultural society but you still see a lot of us sticking to the same race we might not stick to the uh -huh, same uh -huh, like uh -huh, communities uh -huh. like nigerian somali like um Ghanaian, whatever but we still stick to the same we generally stick to the same race, yeah. Yeah, we stick to the same race, but ethnicity were a bit more. Mm. Even even if you was to shrink it down to the fact that, like, back to your own home countries, all the different tribes, yeah, naturally that's people true. still stick to their own sort of tribe, despite the fact yeah. that one different tribe, you rarely ever see, like, a Yoruba and a Ibo couple, rarely. Like, if you yeah. do, it's like, oh, wow okay mm. do you know what i mean so i think yeah i think that you're right in a sense where naturally people kind of stick to what they're used to and what they know and I guess given the environment that we're in and the society that we live in it, hence why we're kind of hence why we see a lot of you know mostly um yeah interracial relationships and marriages but if we were back home we would be with what we know and do you know what I mean? And what we know is not interracial, not mm. because we have anything against interracial marriages or anything, but it's just because it's not what we know back home. Obviously, living in the West, it is what we know. We mingle with mm. different people every single day. So our preferences kind of, you know, change. But it would be interesting to, to go back home and see like, oh, maybe I should do it as an example. Let me go back to Nigeria and see if I really like Nigerian men. <laughs> that's a good documentary <laughs> series <laughs> that would be quite interesting well, goes back to their home country and see if they genuinely actually like the people from their home country that would be quite interesting because there you think there's an there's another element that we have to consider as um, you know people from the diaspora like you know like we can stick to our own people but there's also an element of like 
I don't know. There's differences in our cultures in the sense that we're growing up in a very different yeah. environment while engaging with our own background, like our own cultures. Like we're engaging in it in a completely mm. different oh, environment. 100%. So do you feel I like, agree. like I agree? Like I feel like that would 100%. somewhat affect the the kind of people I'm attracted to, even if it's within my own community. Because I feel like that I personally would find it difficult to. I think there would be some difficulties that I'd, that I would face. If I went, if I was with a guy who was like from mm. Nigeria, like he'd come, um, like, or if I met him in Nigeria or he was here, but like would come later on in life kind of thing. Because even though there are so many things about me that are very Nigerian, I'm also very British. I'm westernized mm-hmm. in some aspects. I don't think westernized necessarily means anything bad, but there are going to be some differences and some cultural differences. Because there are some co- mm-hmm. things from my culture that I do not agree with, and there are going to be some things that he's not probably going to like or agree with that I have because yeah. I was born and raised here. So that is another, that's an added thought that I sometimes have when I'm thinking about, you know, Nigerian men. 100%. Or any, any, any men. I think I could, I could, I would rather be with a, person from a different yeah. background that grew up here yeah, I than can someone see that. Same. I can see same why, world. yeah. Because I probably feel the same. Because I ain't got brother. <laughs> <laughs> could, could, could you just face it all? She's like, I really don't have the time. Yeah, I don't have that time. Like, don't get me wrong though, you do find some uh, people back home are very much the same. It's the as context us, that's missing. The they context and the social aspect. Growing up in London is a culture in itself. You know, it is a culture in itself. Like there's so many things that we've done growing up. So many memories. Chicken and chips after school and it's with like, KA. I can't even <laughs> have a joke with you. Oh, like you remember when you were younger and you went to go get um four wings and chips. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like. Oh, I yeah, I didn't grow up in London. I didn't do that. <laughs> you know what? How <laughs> No, but I get it's it's true. I think I actually <laughs> it's not even just like it would be difficult for me. It would also be difficult. I can't hear you. Crackled. What did you say? I said, "What would you say? Do you remember when the school bus used to come and pick us up?" Or <laughs> did you? No, because. You know, you guys are lucky that this is being recorded because I'd say something right now, but I'm just going to keep it quiet. Um, you remember in my day the when, sheep, you know, <laughs> Sean the sheep would visit on Thursdays and, you know. <laughs> you guys think we have sheep wandering around this place? No, we don't. They don't have sheep. They're on the farm. I don't know where the farm is. I don't even know why I'm chatting like, I wasn't late to a recording one time because of sheep on the track. Exactly, like you're not in Ipswich. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. that's not really where I am now. Though exactly. it's on route to London. So, oh yeah, you can't even But yeah, it's it's all very um un- interesting. Could you? I I you know what? I'm I'm directing this question towards Aisha because I feel like I already know Amina's question. I mean, I feel like I already know Amina's answer, which is, could you not be in an interracial marriage? Mm. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> wait why you, you know i thought you'd know this answer from me no no i know both your answers 
<laughs> no. <laughs> nah. If it's ethnicity, I'm cool. It's not like blacklisted or anything, but the chances yeah. of me ending up outside of my race is very, it's very, very slim. Little. Very slim. Very For slim. Outside your race, but can you end up outside your ethnicity? Oh yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'd be outside of my ethnicity is fine. Like, as in, like with a Yoruba person or like a yeah. Somali person or a... yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's calm. They're still black. Like for me, it's just like <laughs> when it comes to outside of your race, it's a whole other ball game oh, because it's like yeah. there's so many things that you have to take into account. Whereas if I was to stick with like African or even the Caribbean, like it's like there's enough similarity for me and your family to still yeah, get yeah, on. Yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't see Amina bringing home a Somali. You know what? The chances, are, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm. I don't want to like say, oh no, I'm never. I wouldn't be. I, I don't think my parents I would, would be surprised be, either. Like, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I think it would surprise me if I brought home a Somali guy. And that's not even because I hate Somali men. I just feel like, from experience, yeah, put that I think, okay, there's a number of things. <laughs> First of all, it's the fact that I didn't go to uni. So, like, I didn't mingle with a lot of, like, young Somalis my age. I went straight into the corporate world. So, already, at those ages where everyone's mingling and oh, dating yeah. and stuff, whatever, there isn't a lot of people my... I, I miss. I skipped that whole stage. Do you know what I mean? I went straight to the corporate world. It's old white men. So, it's like, I'm already not exposed. But then, if there were events and stuff, whenever I used to go to events, they were quite corporate events. So... Any other person I would be exposed to within my race would be other black people from different ethnicities. I can imagine Amina being president of a somsoc. You know? <laughs> I don't think I have the patience for it. <laughs> I can see you like I got a couple of people in my head as well that I can see you guys doing president and vice president together. I mean, I was student council in secondary school. <laughs> <laughs> like you look, oh no, you look probably found. Um, your husband there? Nah, I don't think I would because I can't do it in school settings. It's too childish for me. Oh, okay. Sorry, growing up. <laughs> <laughs> no. But yeah, like, so for me, it's like, when whenever I've encountered Somali men, for example, it's always within the realms of, like, work or a friendship. Yeah. I've, it's very rare. There's very little situations where it's been more than that. Like, when I've like, oh, you know what? We could talk a bit more than this. So for me, it's like, the reason why I wouldn't be surprised if I ended up with someone from a different ethnicity, but still black, is just because of what I'm exposed to mm. more so than, oh yeah, I hate my own people. Like, it's not really that. It's more, I'm not exposed to my people on the scale that I am exposed to other ethnicities within the same race. So I think, yeah, I can see why you guys would think that I'm, the chances are very low. I think even my parents would be surprised if I brought home a Somali guy. I'm not going to lie. Like, I think they'll be more shocked at that. They're like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. But ethnicity, I'm It'll be interesting, to it. though, to see, like, where our, like, future generations are going to go. Because, like, for example, you, Khadija, you have a sister-in-law that's Somali and, like, you know, now, now your, your nieces are half Somali, half Nigerian. And then there's going to be that continuous, like, you know... Like, I feel like, like, 20 or so, yeah, it's, it's lit. You're not going to find, like, a set and full this. It's there's it's just everyone's just getting what our generation and probably like the one a couple years lower are probably gonna be the yeah. last breed of fully Z. Um 
which is quite interesting because we're going to end up at some point that our culture is going to start to like become diluted so i wonder if like then our like black british culture is gonna take precedent and like we're gonna complete i mean we've already established a black british culture but we're continue wait okay i have a thing with that so you know with culture do, do you think that culture is something that's inherited or is it something that's kept alive by the individual and it's passed down i think it's something that's inherited i think it's both I think it's inherited. Yeah. But yeah, but people, you get people that whether or not they want to pass it down or not. I think that's what it is. Because I have, I have, the reason why I'm asking this is because in Somali culture, right? If a Somali woman mm-hmm. marries someone that's non Somali, her kids, for some, for a lot of people, mm-hmm. they don't class oh, the yeah, kids yeah. as Somali. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because when it comes mm. to the tribal and like the lineage mm. and stuff, it's passed down through the men. But what I'm trying to say is, like, what I've noticed, the trend is that when a Somali woman marries a non-Somali, the kids very much keep their Somali culture. Whereas when it's a Somali man that marries a non-Somali woman, the child is a bit of a hit and miss in terms of how much of their culture, the Somali culture, they retain. So I was just that's an observation that I've noticed with my own people. Is it similar to you guys or is it? I think that's in every culture. I think that's in every culture. With I think women take that um, responsibility. Like I think women ha- have that have that influence mm. when it comes to culture. I think when you look at any culture, if the whatever the woman is is what the um, kids will will take on. Yeah, I don't know if you guys find this, but society, I've, so I guess it makes I've sense. always exactly. But I've always found like for example, people tend to be closer to their maternal side as well, and I think that has a strong thing to do with the fact that it's your it's the women like they're forging those relationships and encouraging those relationships and I think it's the same with which is why I find it so I find it so ironic in that case that you know lineage and things like you know inheritance yeah. always pass down the men because mm, exactly, it's not yeah. the men on the most part that's keeping it alive it's the women well I think the, the idea is is that they're supposed to you know they're yeah. supposed to that's their responsibility whatever whatever but it's as to whether men are taking that responsibility and we all know the answer yeah. You know, and, and you know and the thing the that you mentioned about how, like, things. you know how you mentioned how, like, we tend to be closer to the maternal side. Do you partly yeah. think? Because I was thinking about this a while ago, and I was like, do you think it's partly because men in families aren't held accountable for a lot of their actions? So then that kind of passes down generation to generation. So then what you have is that, you know, as a result of that you've got whole groups of family on the father's side where there's no one to hold them accountable, which is why we tend to say, oh yeah, our father's side, just, ugh, you know? I just think it's because the mum's side tends to be a bit more lit. Like the cousins from the mum's side, they seem to be a bit more, I don't know, fun than the cousins from the dad's side. I just feel like because women are held to such a high standard when it comes to families, marriage, you know, parenthood, I feel, I just find it so ironic that men culturally are seen as like the breadwinners the the leaders of the household the leaders of families but it's women that are actually pushing all of this along it, that's normal though because if we're being realistic it's the mm. woman that makes the home and it's the woman that makes the house and it's the woman that kind of builds but if she's now carrying the community and the culture and stuff where does the man fit into this at this point you know it's just these are just thoughts that i have in my head like they're not 
you know, is this something that I just wonder sometimes? Because technically, if the woman's making the home and she's carrying the family on her back, is she not basically a leader in her own right? She is, but that's the thing. I feel like this is where it starts to become a cultural thing now and mm. people, whether they want mm. to see women as leaders in their own rights and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. When you start stating all of these stuff, of course the woman is the leader. Even Islamically, like the, the status of the woman is much greater than the status of the man just because of what the woman does. And Prophet Muhammad says, sallallahu alayhi wa says that there's blessing in a woman. There's blessings in three things. He says there's blessing in a woman, in a horse, and in a house. Obviously, a woman, because you find companionship like he was talking about, and then she's the one that will give you children. She's the one that will raise them Islamically and all of this kind of stuff and build the home. A horse is... um, vehicle to get you from a to b obviously in their times that's what it was and then obviously your house so the fact that it, there's a whole hadith that tells you that there's blessings and khair in three things one of them oh no um it shows you alone the status of the women in islam do you know what i mean like islam already tells us that the women are the leaders but again this is where this conversation now comes down to culture and men taking away that status from women. And this just gets into a whole new discussion of why men have taken away that status from women anyway, because I don't remember, Mina, but it was kind of what came up in the Muzmatch conversation. And I said something along the lines of, women have given men the power to take that status away from them, because a lot of the women and our and the people that came before us they were known for pushing the men forward like don't worry we will like how many stories have you heard of like men needing money or something like that and it's the woman that's giving it but no one ever knows that the money he's got was from his wife sort of thing like the things that they do they keep it a secret while the man is the you know the man is the superman and the hero of the family so um so yeah, I think I think that's a whole other discussion, but it definitely is a culture, a culture thing. So, anyways, guys, thanks for tuning in as usual. Um, we hope you've been enjoying our latest episodes. We're trying to be consistent for you guys. So, you know, please do comment and let us know how you are finding the episodes. Let us know if there's anything you want to talk about, want us to talk about. Yeah. Please excuse the quality. We're literally recording from home and we are not using the finest of technologies because unfortunately, because of someone, we can't. <clears throat> but um <laughs> but yeah, so please excuse May the I quality. Bless us all. You know, inshallah, once we can get back to recording um the quality will be better. But yeah, for now. You gotta make do with this boo boo. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa